We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Time, buddy. Wembenyama season is upon us. It's happening. You see that smile? Why is, why is Joe like a smile? Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. Oh no. Okay. So let's let, let's be serious for a second here. Um, so we don't actually know what is going on with Steph's injury, but we got enough of a leak that obviously he's out Monday, and Shams is reporting um, that they're expecting him to miss a couple weeks. I kind of. You and I both felt when we saw the injury during the Mavs game, considering the All-Star break is in nine days, like, all right, he's probably out at least through All-Star, right? And now it's just a waiting game to find out, is he just going to miss those five games? And will he be back when the All-Star break ends on the 23rd of February? Or is it going to be longer than that? I I feel like we're too good at this. Like, we're too, <laughs> as Warriors fans, we're too used to, playing the guessing game with Steph. We've been doing this his entire career since the first ankle tweak, and now it's like wait in front of we, – we see the injury. Everyone panics. Uh, we get a little optimistic because, you know, maybe it's not that bad. Then we wait for the overnight. We wait for the MRI. Then some vague tweet or report comes out from someone. Dude, they get vaguer. They get vaguer every, every time. time. Every <laughs> time. Every time. That initial I feel like we're just being was, trolled. Ridic- that initial report was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this one, this one, this so one. Read, reading this out, it, read this out. Yeah, from a from, uh, friend of the show, Tony Slater. Steph Curry will miss tomorrow's game against the Thunder as the Warriors continue to test and determine the extent of his leg injury suffered last night after the Mavericks game. Per sources, official diagnosis timetable could take a couple days to determine. I also want to throw in a uh, friend of the show, Dr. Narav Pandya, saying, could be some sort of bone bruise, um, sometimes additional testing, CT scan to look at the bone in more detail to make sure there's no fracture, and sometimes you need the swelling to go down. Um, on a high level, it makes sense to me. If he has swelling in that area, um, they can't really determine what's going on there. I do like the fact that it appears that it's not the knee, you know? But I'm not even sure we know that to be true. Yeah, it's so... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just a bunch of words that, and I seen. I don't think he's not doing this on purpose, but it's just a bunch of words where we just don't know what's going on. Uh, I feel like we're getting a little more specific each time. I know CJ Holmes just tweeted that. I, I guess he's saying that Steph avoided serious structural damage in his lower left knee, um, but pain tolerance, pain subsiding, stuff like that. Like we just don't know. At least a couple weeks. It's what it says now, Sam. So. I guess the Warriors are lucky that the All-Star break is coming up. But beyond that, this is really rough news. I just I just feel like we're so used to the stuff that we're numb to it. And then this season as a whole, when that injury came out, when he got hurt last night, it felt like that's how the season was always going to go. Just, just, they can't get anything going. They were up by 20 last night, and it felt like maybe something was changing because they have everyone healthy now. And then, boom, this happens. So. So let's let's take it back. The positive side is this. They only have five games until the All-Star break, and then they go nine days without playing a game. So if we were to assume Steph is out at least through the All-Star break, that's 18 days. So if they think he's going to miss a couple-ish weeks, he could conceivably be back right at the start of the All-Star game, only missing five games. Based on the way they're wording it, I kind of think it'll be longer than that. But any way you slice it, um, they are getting a nine-day break where there's no games. So what could have been 10 to 12 games may only end up being six or seven games just because of the nature of when it happened around the All-Star break. So I'm tempted to say this doesn't tank the season just yet, but it does bring in a lot of complications with the trade deadline coming on Thursday. And if they're not sure how bad it is today, I'm not sure they're going to make a move until they feel pretty confident. They know Steph will be back 20, you know, March 1st or something like that, because the difference between coming back March 1st and April 1st is literally I mean, the difference between I mean, going for it and yeah. just thrown in the season. I a hundred percent. I mean, the, the, if it's April 1st, call it right. Go, go get Wemby. Like you said, just go lose out the rest of the games. Go get Wiseman minutes. Go get moody minutes. What's, what's, what's kind of the point of this, um, this stretch here. It is highly hilarious that after this season of back and forth, back and forth with Joe Lake and Steve Kerr kind of fighting over which timeline matters that it feels like it's going to come down to the wire on Thursday. Uh, if we find out, like you said, that Steph is going to be out for six weeks, call it, call it. There's no point. But but if Steph is going to be fine and not going to be out, maybe a month, it's just three weeks. Yeah, two and a half. Yes, two and a half, three weeks. Then then do you go You're right try in, to get Jared Vanderbilt? You're right in the thick of it. Like I feel pretty confident. At least the five games they have before the All Star break they can hold court and keep themselves in this same, you know, middle of the West malaise where they're like one game out of the four and one game out of the 11 at the same time, you know? Like, we know this team can win games with Jordan Poole, particularly at home. Um, They did it once before, you know? They have OKC on Monday night. They're going to Portland. Then they got, you know, they got the Wizards coming to town. It could be three Um, wins. It could be three right there. They got the Lakers coming to town. Um. Clippers on a back-to-back feels tough, but who knows? The Clippers also sit everyone all the time, so they might not play anyone either. You know, TNT my, game, by the way, peak NBA, <laughs> peak NBA. My my point is, I could easily see them going three and two, going into the All Star break, and having being you know in that four, five, six range with Steph maybe being back right afterwards. It's not tragic just yet, you know. 
And you, you know, right. you know, you know what they're going to be going into All Star break. They're exactly not, five hundred. Yeah, exactly five hundred. <laughs> Two and three, they're going to be exactly five hundred going to All Star break. Maybe like the eight seed, something like that. And then we're going to gonna win. Going to win against the Thunder. Going to lose in Portland in a really annoying fashion. Like they can't just lose. It's got to be some like turnover off the foot with a minute thirty left, losing them the game type of thing. Because that's how the season's going. Then they're going to win against. You know, uh, the Lakers on Saturday night out of nowhere with Clay getting 40. Then they're going to lose to the Wizards at yes, home. Of course. And then, and then, and then bench everyone again against LA. You might have just mapped out what's going to happen in the next five <laughs> games. You know why you just mapped it out? Because we've watched it. We've seen it. They, the, they have been consistently inconsistent all year. That's yep. the, that's the best way to describe the Warriors this year. They win a game, they make you believe. And then they lose a disgusting one where you're just like, what is happening? They're, uh, it is what it is. But let, let's get back on Steph here. By the way, we got Jake Fisher, uh, Yahoo Sports senior NBA reporter coming on to talk trade deadline. Just getting a lot more interesting with the Steph news in a few minutes. But um, yeah, I mean, it is it is kind of interesting. The diagnosis here, CJ is the first person I've seen who's mentioned the knee. Slater said multiple times, lower leg, not mentioning the knee. You know, he's just relaying the way it's being said to him. Correct. Um, avoiding serious structural damage. So, like, it, when we watched the collision, it, we were watching it on playback. By the way, you guys should watch on playback with us. Um, first thought everyone had was MCL, right? Uh, just because the way it bended. and. It looks like it's not that he did have a contusion on his lower leg in general. So he got hit in that general area. So like, I don't know. I don't want to play the medical guessing I, game, but I, yeah. it, it's, it's doesn't seem like it is, but at the same time, if he's out for a couple of weeks, that's the same timeline as an MCL. So it's like sure. outside of just not being a doctor, it's just from a timeline perspective, feels like the same thing. Just, mm-hmm. What's the difference? KD has an MCL out for six by the way different stuff. oh my god you talk about the warriors trying to survive without steph the next two mm-hmm. to three weeks uh the brooklyn nets are are trying to survive a kd injury i felt like that's like the worst possible case scenario the warriors aren't going to get that bad but um yeah i i just it says at least a couple weeks from cj there um you just threw the tweet up on youtube um at least a couple weeks like is that three nobody said a month so like we're just trying to we're just trying to decipher kind of like sentences to figure out uh if it's a month or not because yeah if that is then then it's over right but um but with steph i want to i want to throw this out there before jay comes on um that leg was the same leg that he hurt in denver uh during a kickout and regardless if you're a doctor i don't think we'll ever know if that was an issue if that was kind of the reason why this then get hurt i just feel like this season has required guys like steph and draymond who's also hurt by the way to play so hard to go so hard every single night and then try to give it a go on a back-to-back in denver does not help you when you are trying to stay healthy. Steph would have gotten hurt anyway at some point this season because he does every season. But it just feels like that. Just playing on a back-to-back at the end of the season like this, trying to force yourself back to 500. It just This is what happens, it feels like, Sam. like This is what happens when you have to play that hard in your mid-30s. This is what happens. You get hurt. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's it just feels like a snake bit season in many ways. I was getting all hyped about the trade deadline. I don't even know what to think anymore, given the the new Steph Curry news. This feels like an appropriate time to bring on our special guest this week, yes, sir. senior NBA reporter from Yahoo Sports, Jake Fisher. Jake, how you doing, man? What's going on, guys? I uh, got back from a yoga class to hear the Steph Curry news myself. So <laughs> I uh, I also am, am not perfectly certain how to proceed with this show, but I'm uh, happy to be here. Happy to see you guys. Thanks for having me. The, the Warriors aren't certain how to proceed with with their franchise too. So you know, no, no you know, now you know. Before you were coming on, I was going to ask you, like, so what are the chances the Warriors could trade for KD? Now I feel like it should be like, what are the chances the Nets could trade for Steph? The other way around. Um, <laughs> it does feel like the entire trade deadline is being held hostage by the Nets right now. Is that accurate? Yeah, actually, a couple people have said to me today, and I try not to, like, like I try to have as much of a weekend as I can. So, like, I'm not good luck this I'm time not, of year. No yeah, I'm not. Call, I'm not like calling people. Like, I'll take a call, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm shooting some texts. And a couple people said to me, like, "Man, there's nothing out there today besides Kyrie stuff." And there's a ton of Kyrie stuff fl- flying around. Um, I just got one text about a non-Kyrie thing, but um, that's kind of definitely the the major thing looming over the market right now. Just being that Phoenix could do certain different things right obviously jay crowder has been a, a domino looming out there the lakers have stuff to do um and dallas is certainly a team that could go in various directions and are looking to make some type of move so any activity involving those suitors right now um is going to get held up the clippers there's like people some people on the league think the clippers is like a smoke screen they're not actually involved um i don't think that's the case i have not heard that they're not that's like a, a fake thing but yeah for now it's it's Kyrie's gonna take over uh, a lot of oxygen here <laughs> as he tends to do so is, is it gonna be one of those things where like until that's determined all these other dominoes are unlikely to fall like everyone's kind of waiting to see if he gets moved and then we'll see the 
I don't know, the Jared Vanderbilts, the Jay Crowders of the world. Like those are kind of the type of players I was thinking the Warriors could be in the market for. They're obviously not in the market for uh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, is that is that probably how it's going to play out? Um, I, Some stuff definitely will get held up. But remember, Kevin Durant requested a trade like an hour and a half before free agency started True. on June 30th. And like a bunch of shit still happened. So like. I don't think we're going to have like a total log jam. Like there'll be some deals done. I think um, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. That's going to be, I mean, something will be maybe that seems like a big, well, I mean, that one could be something that look like if the Lakers end up being, I mean, it does. I think honestly, no matter what package uh, the nets end up taking for Kyrie, which look as of, Friday, people in Brooklyn were saying we don't have to move this guy. Like that's what I was going to ask, what they and do it. I mean, I still think that's a thing. I still think there's a chance they don't and just call his bluff and say because, like, look, if they yeah. don't move Kyrie and he comes back and Katie gets healthy and they win the title, like, yeah, it'd all be worth it. It really for them, it really would. But why couldn't I, they? It's always worth it. Why couldn't they win the title too? Why couldn't they? If if or KD got hurt, they were the two seed in the East. So I guess he's I, saying he'd sit out though. I mean, how do you you know anything? That's a, yeah, <laughs> but like, is that so right now? And I know our Warriors pod quickly became a Kyrie pod, but like, <laughs> I haven't heard a single team is willing to give Kyrie the yeah. four year maximum yeah. contract that he wants. Every team I've talked to has been like, oh, not sure I'd want to you know lock in long term to that guy. Does him sitting out ease any of those concerns? Does that help his path of getting a four year deal? I don't think so. So. Um, but what I was going to say about Toronto and OG was that like, I, I do think Brooklyn's going to be trying to take back whatever they can get for Kyrie, because I, I do at this point, like on Sunday at two fifteen Eastern time, I'm leaning towards, they, they, they do move Kyrie. There just seems to be a lot of momentum there and things they could get back that also to, to bring this point to a close, I'm expecting Brooklyn's going to look far and wide to reroute pieces or whatever they do get back to try to and like Toronto would have to be a team that they call like mm-hmm. if, if we're looking at the board of, of pieces that are available if, if there's things that um Brooklyn gets back like if it's, if it's Russell Westbrook at two first or you know fill in the blank like if they get a couple picks that they want to I mean the, the time is now Kevin Rant on the roster let's go get this title I mean you got to call Toronto and see if you, if you have the pieces to go get OG so um I I, I would think Toronto is going to be a team that also, regardless of Brooklyn, waits till the final minute anyway. Um, but I, 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 I'm trying to think off the top of my head of, of deals that won't get affected by this, and I'm struggling. But like, yeah. if you know, if Bojan Bognata, if some team comes in and gives uh, the Pistons that unprotected pick and like something a little bit juicier um, in addition that like they want, like that could get done. That could really happen without Kyrie. So. Yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind. A John Collins trade, you know, in, in theory, like if there's a deal that gets Atlanta, you know, they, they think it's enough value back. I don't think that's going to get held up by Kyrie. Let's, um, yeah, no, that makes sense. Those are both players I would expect the Warriors to have nearly zero interest in, given the <laughs> given just like the cap situation that they're in. Yeah. Um, I meant to. I wanted to ask you this because it's it's not just you. It's basically every national reporter who kind of. Um, uh discusses potential transactions in the trade deadline you never really hear the warriors name mentioned um noticeably this season and i assume some of that's posturing but like 
are they just not active in the trade deadline? Let's put the Steph news aside because like in 48 hours, their position could completely change. I'm, I'm talking about leading up to this, like over the last week. Yeah. So they have not come up for like this. The Warriors are chasing X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. um, too, too often. The consistent thing I've heard, which is not going to get Dubs fans excited, is the Jermichael Green idea of like moving off him to be able to turn Anthony Lamb into a standard contract. That's been the loudest thing I've heard about Golden State consistently. There's been growing talk of them being willing to like look down the bench at these young guys who are not playing and think about moving them. But it there is does seem to be a sense that like. This team won the title a year ago. The, the starting lineup, you know, with Looney that Kerr was talking about, I believe last night, right? I think I saw about that on yeah. Twitter being the the top ranked or the second ranked lineup in the league. Like there there are teams that a lot of people look at and say they're more likely to do something in the offseason. That's Gold, Golden State falls into that bucket too. What what does that mean doing something in the that like a bigger move in the offseason, you would assume? Yeah. Um, I mean a lot of a lot of stuff that takes place right now. And this is why, like, the way I approach the Intel game, like, I'm trying to find out everything I can right now because even if it doesn't happen, like, it's going to set the table for this summer. I mean, the Jeremy Grant trade to Portland, for example, like, Portland, Portland was trying to acquire him this time last year. Um, I mean, the Monty Morris deal to the Wizards, I had Calvin Booth on the record for a profile um, saying that, you know, that was a deal they talked about with Washington the, the deadline before. So a lot of this stuff is kind of like laying seeds for uh, for a, a nice plant to emerge from the dirt so, uh, come June 30th. I'm smiling because so you're telling me that <laughs> the Warriors and Kevin are talking right now because <laughs> they know that, you know, he's gone. Katie's gone. Come on. He's not. Jerry just took a blowtorch to Brooklyn. Come yeah. on. I mean, if, if the Warriors, if we're going to assume the Warriors aren't going to make, you know, there's no Alex Caruso move on the horizon. There's no Jared Vanderbilt move. There's no Kelly Olynyk move on the horizon in the next four days. Then, you know, you know what Joe loves to do. He's going to want to make the big splash. And, you know, it's like a re-splash. It's like the same. It's the, the splash. A re-splash. It's, you know, the splash has been done already, you know. and, and The re-splash <laughs> brothers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure the there's group, no we'll noise around group right therapy now. together and get over, you know, the breakup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it does. I mean, the reality of the Warriors is with Jordan Poole's contract next year, like yep. uh, unless they're willing to like absolutely set like a blowtorch to the luxury tax and pay like, I think over 500 mil or something would be if they kept the <laughs> roster. Like it's it, it's unlike they're going to have to move off someone, you know, could be Draymond, could be Wiseman, could be Poole, could be a combination of people. So it's like I understand why the summer is more of a thing for them. Um, but yeah, is, is there anyone they've been linked to at the trade deadline at all that you could see them trying to make a move on? Because you could also make a case if the Steph injury is not that serious and it is really more of kind of like right after the all-star break. Um, the West is, is right there. Like a rotation piece could be all that they need to solidify their rotation to kind of go into it, into the playoffs. And to be clear, like I, I, now I'm playing the role of, uh, of of asking the questions. You guys want more of like a front court type of guy. You're not you're not necessarily looking for an Alex Caruso. You want someone who can add to your artillery things, in the front court. Perfect situation would be like a big wing, 
honestly. Yeah. You know, like like an OG Anobi would be like the perfect player. Like they're again, <laughs> that's not just like a little move, but like even like a Jared Vanderbilt, someone someone yeah. uh who plays that position because they, they have a lot of guards, you know. Yeah. A younger, a younger, less uh bad intel uh Jay Crowder, if you will. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I I mean that's the type of guy that people say Golden State has called around on, but like, mm-hmm. and we're at the point now where on Monday we'll definitely start to hear more of like actual things. I mean, got it. This has been the year of all the years I've covered the league, and this is probably only really like the third trade deadline I've like truly covered on like a professional basis. Like, that's my job. Like when I was at Sports Illustrated, I, w- I would talk to my friends around the league, just kind of like wanting to know what was going on, but like chase this stuff down. So my my uh, my context is only three years long, truly. But like by comparison from what everyone's telling me, this has been so bizarre to me and to a lot of other folks about how long teams have been willing to clutch their pearls and not show their hand or not really like make an aggressive Wait until the last play. minute, basically. Exactly. So we could start to hear more names and it's more just like there's been like, oh, we'd, we'd be interested in this type of play. We're looking for this. So I've only really heard that type, you know, that type of like a Jonathan Kaminga, someone who can move Kaminga down the rotation type of piece is kind of like the idea. An older, a player who's not 20 playing that role, basically. Exactly, exactly. But I haven't heard any specific names, no. The only thing I can say, like, for sure, is the natural Michael Green intel. Like, people <laughs> have talked about Wiseman. There's been, like, an idea that Toronto would be interested and taking him back and, and having him be kind of like a reclamation project. Like, I mean, I don't think in, in, in the bidding war that they're trying to draw up for OG, like, I'm not oh. so certain that he's going to be like the apple of Toronto's eye. But I don't know. Maybe they really, I mean, they've been so linked to like having an idea of trying to get a center and an actual rim protector for so long now. It's been like two years that Toronto's kind of flirted with that idea. Um, Maybe they want to give it a shot to a former number two pick, but I, I'd be surprised if he's like the goal for them when when it, when it comes to moving OG out of nobody. If if the Warriors threw Kaminga and they would never, but if they threw Kaminga in that package because Masai Ujiri loves, it feels like that would get something done, and then some picks obviously. But the Warriors are yeah, the that's a very different story. And yeah. Kaminga, he's still so far from what Golden State wants him to be, yeah. so far, but he just shows these tantalizing glimpses, right? People. Just, I mean, every opposing coach I talk to that like has played Golden State in the last week or so says to me, "Wow, Jonathan Kaminga is going to be really good one day." But like, that's the problem. The one day is not now. And obviously, you guys are trying to compete for a fifth championship in however many years. And that, I mean, the time is now. Well, we'll we'll see what the Steph news is. We maybe maybe pivoting to next year for all we know. <laughs> I mean, it it, it is. It is going to be kind of determined by whatever the additional scans that he gets over the next couple of days say. Like, I could say very confidently if they're ruling him out for like six plus weeks, they're probably not going to be in the business of making some sort of splashy move. Um, but if they think he's back in three weeks, you know, that's that's nothing. That's like six games in the context of the yeah. All-Star break. I mean, as much as you made the the apt but funny comment that like Joe Lake, if he's going to make a move in the offseason, it's going to be a huge move. They're also 
such a pragmatic risk averse mm-hmm. franchise at the same time too. I mean, they, they have not traditionally, anyone listening to this knows they have not traditionally made absolute massive moves at the deadline. The D'Lo Andrew Wiggins thing is probably the only thing that really stands out in this tenure of some type of seismic shift. And like, that was a, that, I mean, that was a home run deal. There are people in Minnesota who were banging on the table saying, do not do this trade. And <laughs> they still got the deal done. So, I mean, Outside of that type of deal, like a clear victory to move this team's ceiling higher, and again, all this is depending on Steph's knee, like you just said, um, I'd be surprised if we see them do something that's you know really altering to the upward trajectory of yeah, this team. nothing is. And they can't move guys like Wiggins, which you shouldn't anyway. All right, last one for me is the K. I'm back to KD. I'm back to my guy. All right, how <laughs> realistic is that That that's going to be? Something? It's, that's not a trade deadline thing, but offseason. If Kyrie's gone, is he, is he asking out? So look, he could decide to the way the way this Nets era has gone and the way Kevin Durant has uh, conducted his business, he could just he could re- request a trade on Monday, rescind right the trade request on Tuesday, request it again on Wednesday, and rescind it on Thursday. Like anything God. can happen. Didn't that happen but last summer? That's I good. will yes, but I will say this. I will say this. I was told pretty strongly that sure, while I, while while rival teams are definitely looking at this, and you have to be. I mean, thinking about this. From a realistic standpoint, there's just no guarantee that Kevin Durant is going to wake up on July 1 and be lockstep, you know, I want to be a Brooklyn Net. Like, it could happen, but there's no way to guarantee it right now. So, of course, teams are going to be floating around the periphery and, and waiting for that to happen. But it, it seems pretty clear that the Nets are, are operating with this Kyrie trade situation as if, you know, Kevin Durant is going to be healthy post-trade deadline, healthy post-All-Star break, and whatever pieces they get back for Kyrie need to either make them better or as good as they are now to try to win a championship with with this guy. And honestly, I I can't fault them for that because that was their behavior when Durant requested a trade and he ended up coming back and they were – I mean, they've been positioned to be a contender whenever he's been healthy. So I don't think this is like a guarantee these guys are going to be walking out just as they came in together, I, I think there's a real opportunity here for Brooklyn to get creative if they can. Um, but you know, it's it's we'll all going to take it's all it's all it's all going to really come down to also Kyrie's willingness to um, sign whatever type of contract the team that he is being traded for, you know, or traded to, is, is willing to offer him. That's kind of going to be the massive undercurrent of all this. I have one more question, then we'll let you go. We appreciate your time. Uh, we it, didn't guys. talk about the one thing that is Warriors related that has actually been in the news. Bob Myers. Mm-hmm. What do you know about that whole situation? Because it just feels like that's the undercurrent. Like it, as if they aren't pragmatic enough, you have a quote unquote lame duck GM, right? Like, and it's, it seems like it's more, he doesn't know if he wants to stay, but it, what, what do you know about the whole Bob Myers situation? Yeah, I know that. People around the league want to know what's going to happen, and he's a name. <laughs> he's a name that definitely gets mentioned anywhere. There could be another theoretical opening, um, mm-hmm. and the Clippers are probably the loudest, like speculated destination for him. Obviously, the Jerry West connection uh, has been fruitful in the past, um, and there has been kind of, I think, like a like a low burner. Uh, hot seat type of you know idea around the Clippers front office dating back to the conference finals run they made against the Suns in 21 um, where like look 
this has been a, a, a win now team for LA that ha- at that point hadn't gotten to the, even the conference finals yet. And then they did, there was clearly a thought just like on the other end of, the, of that aisle where if Mike Budenholzer hadn't won the championship, he would have been fired. There was definitely sure. some, some smoke out there that, that the Clippers front office um, would have potentially, you know, gotten the ax as well. So who's to say if, if they fall short again this year, like, that, that at least is an idea out there in the ether. But to bring it back to Golden State, there's also just like such an infrastructure there. Like clearly mm-hmm. Bob Myers is the neck that turns all the heads in Golden State, right? And and he's been such a backbone uh, from top to bottom for being – I mean, I, I wanted to write a story at the beginning of the season about how like in championship – culture there's like this idea of a brain drain of like stealing coach you know mike brown goes to sacramento travis schlenk once upon a time gets hired for right. atlanta but like the idea of a culture being kind of brain drained and like taking ideas that are um really really at the center of what bob myers is and does and how he conducts himself of just like being kind of a, a high eq person like that will not be replicable by any stretch but the warriors have this massive nucleus from Mike Dunleavy to both Lake of Sons to, you know, fill in the blank of so many people in that front office that are also like, I'm not just blowing smoke up all those guys, but like very respected around the league. I'm not so certain it's like going to dramatically change how business is conducted. Um, and that also might be why I, th- I think that is a factor why it's such a slow burn to come to the conclusion and that if he's not there, I think everyone will be ready to to move along and move one one rung up the ladder. And if he is there, then they're going to keep winning and being as successful as they have been. Like I think that's kind of the idea on the ground. Yeah, I, I just can't see them if if Bob decided to leave for whatever reason, personal another job. You know, Balmer throws him fifty million or something like that. Um, <laughs> it doesn't feel like they'll go outside the organization, right? Like it does feel like uh, just promote from within and keep the the infrastructure the way it is type of thing. Right. Yeah, I think so. And who that, you know, figurehead would be seems a little undetermined. I don't want to, you know, speculate even. Sure. I mean, I, I have, I have names I could say, but in the, knowing the, the aggregatable, the two, like, like, you know, like that's what everybody would assume. I think, right? I think he named yeah. the three potential. Names. <laughs> <laughs> Joe himself is just going to take over coaching too. And, and GMing. Like I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Wouldn't be yeah. surprised. No, the, Raymond Ritter will be the the, yeah. the GM of the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, you, you can get a text any minute now saying, "Don't, don't nice. say it. Don't he's say it out nice. loud." Yeah, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> Jake, we appreciate you. You got anything you want to plug before we get out here, guys? Um, my book's over my shoulder. Built to lose. How the NBA is tanking era. Change league forever. Read my stuff at Yahoo. And uh, we've got two shows next week on the Colin app. I'll probably do one on Tuesday by myself, just taking questions. Um, and then we'll do like a recap thing on Friday or maybe like a four o'clock afternoon post deadline kind of yeah. wind it on down, br- break down what happened type of stuff. Sounds good. Sounds like it's going to be an insane week. All right, Jake. Appreciate you, man. That was great. That was awesome. Well, not so, awesome, but he's awesome. <laughs> well, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the deadline shakes out. I just feel Woo. like, I, oh man, the injury at the backdrop just more balls in the air doesn't make me super optimistic that the i was didn't i text you like on friday or saturday being like 
feeling cautiously optimistic the Warriors will get what they need at the deadline and then yes. everything breaks the way it does. If it's one thing about the Warriors, though, that we would, how long have we done this show? Eight years, nine years now? Too long. We're washed. No it's not, they're entertaining. Them. You know, <laughs> if it's one thing that the Warriors are, they are, they are entertaining. And, and I ultimately think we're going to get, it feels like the Warriors are like somewhat optimistic about Steph. It, it, it doesn't feel like a six week injury. It doesn't because I, I think if that were the case, if they were like preparing for a two month injury, feel like they would have told, like maybe not reported it. Felt like well, it's definitely would have found out. You know what I mean? Because they, it doesn't appear like they can pinpoint the nature. Like it's not like a grade two or grade three, like uh grade MCL. two, six weeks. Yeah. Grade yeah. Two. We're, we're just because like they, they kind of know that immediately. This is like, there's something there. There's some swelling. We can't really put our finger on it. Yeah. Um, could be bad, uh, but it doesn't, you know, usually the ones that have those like clear six to eight week diagnoses, like it, it gets out pretty quick, right? Yep. Like yep. we knew KD's MCL situation within a few hours. Right? Also, also with Steph and the Warriors org, if it's something that they're scared about, we hear pretty quickly. <laughs> like it's, it's like, oh my God, people aren't talking or, or people are, are concerned. It's just... The I press conference gets set up. Bob yeah. gets ready to take to the podium. He sounds like he's been crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, all that stuff. But again, I, like, you know, like you said, we'll, we'll find out. But um, I mean, Jake, Jake had an interesting point saying that um, there was he doesn't think there was ever going to be anything anyway. Like now, things could change in the last day or two. But like he got, he was almost laughing while when he said that the only thing he'd heard about the Warriors is the Jermichael Green move and, and converting Anthony Lamb to, to be in his position, which is also hilarious because Jermichael Green's playing better, which I think is so funny. <laughs> right. I mean, right now, I think they're just going to convert Lamb to the open spot if if they do nothing. Well, so, um, I, so I think, like, so what, what, so what was the, the Green move then? Why would they – so, I mean, like, what was the point of that? Is that just to save money to – you know what I mean? It's just like – it's kind of a mess, honestly. It's kind of a mess that that whole thing. And and if that's the thing that's going to happen, then it feels like, you know, it feels like Lakeup's kind of saying, just figure it out. I'm done with you guys until the offseason. Until until Durant ass out, you know, this is it. So I don't know. Until Jordan Poole's money hits and I can do some fun right, stuff. Right. Right. Um, right. Mm-hmm. You want to play a couple voicemails before we get out of here? Do it. From the goons. This one. Uh, this voicemail is from at, right after the uh, the Nuggets game on Thursday night, just for context, but it was, it's worth playing. Yo, guys, what's up? I'm uh, I'm a student at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. That's an Eastern time, mind you. I stayed up until 11.40 watching this absolute monstrosity of a game where the only player that played that was in the positive on the plus minus was James Wiseman. I missed a homework assignment because of it, and I think because of that, Lakeham should... Um, Pay maybe a semester of tuition. I don't know. All I know is Moody sucks. Um, Jamaica Green sucks. Kaminga's really good. Kaminga's going to be good. But honestly, beyond that, everyone's expendable. Also, play PBJ instead of Lamb. I, I, I like seeing Lamb in street clothes. That was probably the best thing that happened today, was seeing him dressed in street clothes. Um, either way, thanks, guys. Take it easy. Oh, staying up till one in the morning watching some of these Warriors games and not submitting your homework. I cannot condone this behavior. This is my type of guy. I know you. <laughs> my type of guy right here. Yeah, but do your homework. Do your homework. Get, get, get. <laughs> 
Oh, um, I thought we were going to see Baldwin uh, against the Mavs, but not really. So I would like to see him get a little more rotation burn. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that's coming, especially with your Michael Green playing better. It doesn't feel like that's coming. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they play the same position, but but I hear you. Everybody plays the same position on the Warriors as a big. They're the five. That's true. <laughs> that's small true. ball five. <laughs> that's true. Small ball five. Are All you right, a point we'll... guard? No, you're a five. Okay. <laughs> Kaminga's going to play the five one day. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. Gonna... All right, next one. This one's also – this one's for Friday. So, hey, guys. I uh, was going to talk about just how stupid the two-timeline thing is, but then I just saw Tyree <laughs> News. And frankly, I'm in a good mood now. Oh, my God. What are What is going on in Brooklyn, and how can we use that to our advantage? Because we do need to pick somebody up at the deadline. Look, the bottom line is Moody Wiseman, these guys, they're not NBA players. And I, I do not understand the frustration that circulates them, why they're a special case. The second timeline is set up. It is Wiggins, it is Poole, it is Kaminga, it is PBJ. That's where you start. Trade these other two kids, give them a chance elsewhere. I don't care if it's Tybull, I don't care if it's Caruso, though I prefer Caruso. You know, my guy Olenek is probably the best get we can get and it's 42 percent three-point shot at 611 but they got to do something and uh whatever happens with Brooklyn and Kyrie and how that shakes up the entire NBA um I, I think they got to take advantage of it especially if one of the young teams gets OG because that's going to be pretty impossible if a Memphis or Anola gets arguably the best young defender in the league that's that's not good news for anyone and especially us that's a step stopper right there. So, uh, so yeah, guys, <laughs> I just want to hear the pod about the Kyrie stuff. I'll see you. Uh, I'll listen to you guys soon. I, I'm going to be honest. I feel like the Kyrie stuff would be way more fun for us if we weren't dealing with the Steph situation. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I, <laughs> we were having fun texting about it um, before the Steph stuff happened, but obviously that kind of puts a bummer on my mood. I I think the only I, the only thing about the Kyrie stuff that I think it affects the Warriors is the K is the KD. It's it's the KD move. Um, you know, on in all seriousness, that's the one. And Dwight kind of sh- points it out in the comments. There, there's only one move. Everything for KD. I mean, that's what it means. If Kyrie wants out, then um, he's going to get traded. It sounds like we just had Jay Fish on, who sounded like that's going to be the move. Uh, then they're going to try to reroute stuff from that trade to someone. But I doubt that they're going to get someone like OG or somebody that truly, truly impacts the game like Kyrie does in the postseason. And then if that's the case, Kyrie's going to look down the line and say, well, what am I still doing here for the next three years? And Brooklyn's probably going to say, all right, well, why don't we just get pieces back and we can start a rebuild? Um, And if all that aligns, then what are the Warriors? Then, then there's really, you know, I mean, like, what are the Warriors going to do if that's the case? That's an obvious option if KD wants to come back. No cap in the comments is kind of summing it up pretty well right now, which is um, it's it's hilarious to see people kind of feel sorry for KD here. You left the most stable organization for Kyrie Irving. Can we can we just call Kyrie what he is now? You know, mm. Mm. they he was on a contender in Cleveland, demanded out, went to a contender in Boston who went to the finals after he left and burnt that place to the ground. And I mean, in Brooklyn, has he even played half the games since he's been there? It's just like 
there there's there's expressions for us. It's just kind of like, you know, sometimes you just are what you are. Very talented player. A little crazy. Um, and I think with KD, it's similar to LeBron. And I think a lot of this is really with some of the NBA players nowadays, too. It's the meme where, you know, you're trying to figure out who's the guy that did this. Look in the mirror, man. You know what I mean? Like with LeBron, it's every week it's we need to make a move. Don't take him for granted. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, you're the one that signed the extension to stay in L.A. You're the one that went to L.A. You're the one that traded for Russell Westbrook. Same thing in Cleveland. Same thing in, in Miami. And you're bitching and moaning nonstop. Dude, you're the one that's making these decisions and forcing other people to make these decisions. Same with Kevin Durant. You're the one that left OKC to go to the Warriors after they went to the NBA Finals. Can't be surprised when people are mad at you. You're the one that left the Warriors with Steph Curry to go play with, with Kyrie Irving when everyone knew he's a head case. Whose fault is that? Why is it that we have to feel bad for these guys when they're <laughs> grown men, grown adults, making their own decisions? You're 30. You're 30. It's your fault. Yeah, it's like, that, it's, it's like the, the meme where you shoot, shoot the guy and it's like, who shot him? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Treating them like they're kids, man. This is one of my favorite tweets from our guy, Domin. It's from a couple of years ago, but it still rings true. That's quick. KD left a stable job at a big company to join a startup with his college stoner buddy. Ah, uh, as wow. Uh, wow. as two men, two men who work in the Bay Area and are familiar with startups. This this hits. Oh, this oh this one hits. This one definitely <laughs> hits. And and the and the big part is the with this because you leave a job to go to startup all the time, but with the crazy friend, you know what I mean? Like with the crazy, like what are you doing here? What are you doing? Um, and the craziest part, I think the funniest part of all this is, is the Warriors actually just end up, they end up, and we're, we're mad about the Warriors sometimes about where they're headed, but the Warriors got a championship out of it, Sam. Like they are, stuff's at four. The Warriors they won. four. Yeah, they won. They, they won. won. It wasn't close. They might not be winning right now, but they won. <laughs> 500. Actually, no, the Warriors are one over. So they're still winning. Yeah. Funniest, funny thing is Brooklyn's actually well over 500. And, and, and Jake was saying they were, they were the two Dude, seed before I, he got hurt. Hilarious. Hilarious. I want to say I was saying it to you on this this exact pod a couple weeks ago. Like, I kind of feel like the Nets are the favorite, but there's a lot of time left in the season for Kyrie to do something. Boom. Lo and behold, what happens? Just, he never lets us down. He never lets no, us down. It's, it's like, you know, if he stays on the Nets past the deadline, Something, something's coming April, you know, maybe May 1st. Well, he said he's not going to play. Yeah. <laughs> he said he's not going to play. How crazy is that? He's going to sit out. And Katie's okay with that. Katie's okay with that. I just. Katie's radio silence, which lets you know he's pissed. Uh, um, okay, okay. As he should be. Okay. You know, there we you got go. one last voicemail. This was from last night's game. Mavs game. You got to show the Moraga one, too. It's okay. MA from NJ. Personally, totally worried about Steph. Hopefully, the MRI doesn't show anything. But my uh, hot take or question for you guys is, how in the actual fuck does Andrew Wiggins play an entire game and get zero rebounds? Zero? Thanks. Appreciate you guys. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I didn't realize that Wiggins had zero rebounds last night, but it ties into the consistent theme since he's come back from his injury. He's been bad, man. Um, yeah, yes, and yeah, nine points, zero rebounds, one assist, only took six shots. I mean, he's floating out there. I don't know how else to put it. Um, and I don't know what's up, but he doesn't look right. Like, considering what we've seen him do in the past, I'm more 
interested in knowing what is holding him back because it feels like it's a physical thing. You think um, so? That's not good. I mean, he just seems off. I don't know how else to put it. Like, I if if it was if he was in Minnesota, I'd just be like, that's who he is. He's not that guy. But we've already seen him with the Warriors be a more locked in, like reliable player. That I don't think this is anything. Um, mental it's it's something seems no, off t- uh let's see let's uh, i'm willing to wait uh, another week or two because mm-hmm. na- now it's very because he came back and he was rusty and then he had to play with a three guard lineup i think all that is rough for him the zero rebounds that's a good that's a good point it, we've seen the zero rebound stuff in the regular season uh, that's just not locking in but now here he- here's dude like wiggins and pool like we from the comments here from from latasha J- like jp and wiggins got to step it up now's the time because if they're going to go two and three, three and two, if they're going to stay afloat here, those are the two guys that have to play better. Clay, we know we're going to get the infuriating shot selection, but he's also going to make huge shots. Draymond, if he's healthy, he's going to give them huge effort, right, and defense. But but Jordan Poole and Wiggins, man, those are the guys that need to step it up. And I I talk about Poole all the time. So it's Wiggins now. Like Zero rebounds, you just said. Is it injury? If it's injury, then the season's cooked anyway. If it's not injury, we, we need Wiggins from the beginning of the season. Yeah, and and I think it will. Like it, he just, it, it's weird because he he just seems off to me, you know. And it might just be he needs to lock in now. It's it's uh, you know stuff's out. I gotta do a little more. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's end it there. We'll be back, guys. Appreciate everyone. <laughs>